Hey everybody, thanks so much for taking time to click on the link and welcome to the table. This is the maiden voyage of our first podcast and I say our because I'm looking at my wife right now and she is actually going to be our first guest, my first guest uh, for the podcast. I am uh, thankful to have her in and we are going to be spending some time today talking a little bit about uh, past few years of our life, but mainly we're going to be talking about maybe a little bit about marriage a little bit about adoption, a little bit about a lot of stuff, but um, I would just like to take a second and welcome in my wife. <laughs> she's uh, she's new to the, the the microphone in front of her face thing, so I'm trying to make her as comfortable as possible. Um, but we are we're wanting to just sit down, and of course, um, maybe a lot of you guys haven't known or haven't heard or haven't seen um, kind of a big thing that's happened in our lives over the past. Uh, two years, um, and I was sitting here thinking about it today. This was we made this decision um, right when the world was going crazy in May of 2020. Like we we signed the lawyer retainer for our adoption May of 2020. Like that was when we were full on commit. So I kind of jumped a little bit ahead of the story. But um, McKenna, my wife, my wife of eight years. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and. Um, then we can kind of maybe work our way into our story about adoption and life and all those things. Are we talking like full biography? Not full. Or, I mean, I, if you want to. I work for our local hospital um, and I enjoy, um, I do interior design on the side with my mom. I also have an online business. Um selling makeup and other products and I just like anything artsy and all that um and then we just stay busy between Maddox and ministry and all the things right I think it's funny too I was, I was just as you were talking about um what you do uh anytime anybody asks me what you do at uh where you work I always mess it up um so this is your opportunity to set the record straight McKenna what is the specific Name of the job that you do where you work at? Mm, collections manager. So what does a collections manager do? Oh, gosh. Um, basically, I oversee several teams that work with um, our local hospital's insurance claims and everything that falls in line with that. So whether it be cash or following up on the claim or refunding all just anything and everything when it comes to that other than denials. Do you work with the public at all or is it no, a, I don't. Do, okay. Well, I mean, you know, we, we might have to contact a patient every once in a while, but no. So when a person asks me what, what does your wife do? And I, I'm like, well, she in simple, like explain like I'm five year old terms, just from what I've picked up of, of, listening to you do your job because you do have the luxury of since the pandemic being up since the pandemic, uh, being able to work from home. I tell people like, Hey, she makes sure that your insurance company and Spartanburg regional are on the same page as to what's paid and where it goes and all that. Is that sure? Uh, <laughs> you're like, okay, sure. It's whatever. a great zoomed out version of what okay. I oversee. Yet. And, and so you've, you've been there, uh, this specific job you've had for what three years now? Four? Uh, no, about 
two. Two. Okay. And specifically, the the position you're in right now is a supervisor position. It's a manager. It's a manager position. I always mess that up, folks. It's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Jimmy, what is your what does your wife do? I don't know. She works works at the hospital. She leaves the house and she comes back and we get paid. <laughs> So, um, and that's, that's a big part of what we do in that, um, that job has allowed us to kind of take the plunge into, um, stepping away from student ministry and, and that, that kind of, um, coincides a little bit. Um, the, these stories that were, the things that we're kind of wanting to talk about a little bit overlap. And so, I mean, do we back all the way up to to the marriage conference and do we start there or do we, okay. Um, and you can fill in the gaps wherever you want to fill in the gaps at. Um, but a few years back we were attending a marriage conference and it was actually a marriage conference that her father and mother were kind of leading. And, um, we get a phone call from one of my friends who works hand in hand with, um, a local pregnancy center. And, um, he said, Hey, we have a situation, a case where a, lady has come in and she's looking for someone to basically adopt her child. And so it was a conversation, um, man, for years that we had kind of been throwing back and forth and we never really, we were, I mean, I want to, I want to say that I was afraid. I was afraid to take the plunge. Yeah. I mean, we both knew that we were open to it in general. We were just unsure of what order, what was God's timing going to look like? And, and what, you know, not sure how things were going to go, um, fertility wise and all of that. So just fear of the unknown or or unsure which step to take because of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And, um, this weekend that Jimmy's starting to tell you about was kind of the plunge into, okay, God, (laughs) Yeah, and, and it was a, it was a moment of like, yeah, we're we're on board with it. We're ready for it. Um, we're kind of, you know, we had talked about seeking, you know, the different um, ways to go about looking, you know, seeking adoption, and we we were never really on the same. I don't want to say never really on the same page with it, but we were um, never really um, in a, and not even in agreement. So we were never. What's, what's kind of the word that I'm well, looking for? We just had a lot of partial conversations. We would kind of bring mm-hmm. it up, and um, it it would just kind of fade out, and and so it was just clear that it wasn't God's timing. That's kind of how I felt. Is like yeah. if and when it was God's timing, it would be clear to both of us. And so when we got that this call, mom and dad were literally sitting in the car. We were out, literally <laughs> stepping out the door, right. and we had not had any like, okay, we're going to do this conversation. So we get the question of, hey, we've got the situation. Are you are you just willing to talk, talk to our attorney? <laughs> so we, we look at each other like, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Now let's go to this marriage conference. <laughs> and and so it, that kind of kicked us off the hill of like, okay, rather than, you know, I don't want to say dragging our feet, but like it, it kind of, it was the, it was God's timing thing. And, but, um, with that specific case, um, some things, um, were some, some lies had been told on the, on the situation of the birth mother. And it ended up that she was, um, 
I don't know how to put it, maybe playing the system. I don't know. I mean, is that we're really unsure? We're really fully. unsure, and and um, but what it did do was it it put us in conversation with the lawyer um, that we uh, used to go through our adoption process, and so um, we step back and we go, okay, um, what are some things that we need to? You know, I told at the time I had a very serious issue with my my left foot. Um, I have incredibly flat feet for a lot of you guys that may not know. And I needed, uh, it was to the point where I was getting ready. My foot was so flat that my ankle was going to break or I needed to have surgery and it have it surgically repaired. And we knew that I didn't want to leave. That was going to be about a nine, nine to nine month process to about a year. And I didn't want to leave McKenna having to handle a newborn by herself and, and give a guy, uh, <laughs> have to um, tend to a mending husband uh, with with his foot, so we went ahead and and pursued the surgery and got um, got my foot straightened. And it was it was the day that I was released out of my walking boot to kind of you know they took the reins off and we had a um, had a had a, an appointment with the lawyer that same day. Mm, it, well, that day I called. Okay, I was like. I mean, you're released. We've kind of been talking about, okay, when do we get back in touch with them? You you just want me to call them today? And Jimmy said, sure. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay. And they had an appointment the next day. It was like, your appointment was Thursday. We met with them on Friday. Okay. And um, I remember it. um, It was... I I was kind of thrown off because we got there to the lawyer had the conversation. Of course, they kind of told us, you know, who they were, what they were about, how the process works, how many, you know, we walked into the office and we saw the pictures of the families on the wall and all this cool stuff. Um, and they kind of, um, told us what they do. And then they said, Hey, if y'all want to come back, you know, and and get a, you know, and set up an appointment where we can make this official and start the process and all that. I, I kind of remember looking at you like, well, we, we have um, the financial means to start this process in, in our bank account. This is something we're wanting to do. You know, they walked out. I remember they walked out of the room and I looked at you and I said, what do you think? And you were like, let's do it. I mean, is, is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of feeling that already, but I didn't want to like pressure you. Right. <laughs> you needed more time to think about it. And you kind of brought it up and I was like, yes. Yeah. And they, and they, they came back in and they were like, well, you know, they were kind of wrapping things up. They were talking like they were wanting to wrap things up and kind of get us on out the door. And we said, uh, yeah, we want to start the process today. We're ready to do this. Actually. And, and we, um, we wrote, we wrote the check to retain the lawyer and thus began the process, um, and the road that led to our, our baby boy Maddox. Um, talk a little bit about that. What, um, now I think the thing that, well, let me say this before we get to that. The thing that threw me off is that they went through kind of after they said, okay, what are y'all looking for? And I was like, what do you mean? What are you looking for? And they were, they were very much, um, what blew me away was, um, a lot of couples come in and, and say, you know, give such specific demands of specific, you know, what they want in a child. And we were just like, Hey, um, we, we have, we don't have a lot. We just want a newborn. And so, um, that was, um, that was it. And they just kind of looked at us. They were like, you don't, you don't care. I was like, no, we just want a newborn that we want a child. 
And, um, and so thus began the process of, of like, talk a little bit about that. Well, because, I just remember the attorney looking at us and going, okay, get ready because you could be matched within four months or, you know, he said the average is four to 10 months, right. um, with, with such, such open hearts, I guess you could say. And so we were like, Oh God, like so the, how are we going to get all the, everything together and ready to go in such a short amount of time? Like you, you kind of have a better record mentally of, of the cases as they were presented to us. Like, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to like to recall every specific one, but I know that there was, um, even, even though we were matched pretty quick, um, there still was some heartbreak in there. Um, there were like, what, how, how many cases did we have? Now I'm fuzzy on it. I want to say three. Right. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really, it's funny how like you lose those details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I'm just like, hey. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we got a couple of calls, um, and for whatever reason, uh, we, you aren't matched, instantly when you get a call like just because they want to present your information to the birth mom does not guarantee that the birth mom will choose you and so um a couple of times the birth mom would either they presented us with other couples or um, the birth mom would ask for some options or something like that and then you know we weren't chosen and um yeah, you, it's definitely something that you don't prepare yourself for, like the feeling of rejection that comes with that. And like, why didn't they choose us? Like, you know, yeah. but ultimately, you know, obviously we can see that yeah. God <laughs> was totally sovereign or is totally sovereign over the whole thing and and knew exactly who we needed. But one of the cases um, was really just you know, just not the best match for us. And so we actually turned that down. So that's why I think it was three that we got. It was three. Um, And then things get a little crazy because then we start the whole, once we sign the retainer and start the process and get our, our home study through, you know, ready and all that, we start the process of fundraising. (laughs) Yeah. Let me touch really briefly on the home study because I think that's a misconception that a lot of potential, um, uh, adoptive couples um have is is the homestead the fear of the home study and i will say things are different when you go through dss and we did not however the private slash private adoption um you know slash going through an agency um that home study process was the easiest part well in in general it was one of the easier parts of the whole process i think we expect we expected an inspection and really it was a like two minute home tour with a long deep conversation conversation. Mm -hmm. that part is more you know yeah the the home study from now this is domestic adoption we you know we weren't dealing with dss in any shape form or fashion or it may be called you know i know dss is called different things in different states um, in, in Georgia, it's, I, I have no idea. Anyway, it's the department of social service services, which handles a lot of the foster care system. So, um, that home study is completely different from a, you know, a private adoption 
domestic adoption home study. Um, our home study case worker basically sat down and they, he, he was more concerned about our relationship, our family history, uh, medical, and also kind of the house households we were raised up in, um, you know, which kind of threw me too, because I mean, I was ready for that thorough inspection because I know, you know, my, my sister foster adopted and we know a lot of people who have foster adopted. And so we, I was totally ready for that kind of inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, was it, was, it, to death. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very, and it was a man, it was, um, it was a very intense moment, but um, once we got the papers like officially cleared, like that was the the last big hurdle that we had to clear outside of financing or fundraising, I should say. Um, what was the some of the biggest challenge fundraising? You know about fundraising for you. What was? Well, I mean, it's never fun to feel like going into it. You feel like, gosh, I don't want to have to ask our friends and family for money and I don't want to get on their nerves asking for money and all of that. When what we found, I think was an overabundant, like just such a sweet spirit of, we want to bless you. We want, how can we help you? You know, whether it be a financial gift or time or, you Baby know, clothes. Oh my goodness donations towards our we did a a yard sale and all that um it we just were overwhelmed by people reaching out to us some that we didn't even know it was like friends of friends or acquaintances saying hey i have this can i can i give this to you or i want to give you this let's talk let's let's talk about the yard sales for a minute um the yard sales were um how do I say what's what's the good word for the yard sale? Exhausting. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But we're But but it was it was one of those situations where people even in the moments where they couldn't give or help financially, they bent over backwards to help come and sort stuff, help drag stuff out at five o'clock in the morning on both Saturdays that we did it. We didn't just do one yard sale, we did two yard sales back to back weekends. And it was a donation style yard sale. I remember people coming up to us and like, hey, what's the price on this? And we said, just make us an offer. And, um, you know, stuff was flying out, uh, you know, out of our front yard that, you know, a stroller for 30 bucks or 30 or 40 bucks. I I remember I sold it for $10 and it, it just stuff like that because it wasn't about getting a good price or getting good money out of the products. I mean, we just, our front yard was completely covered with stuff. Um, specifically we were, we were sitting here one, uh, Sunday afternoon, I think it was. And a lady had contacted you through Facebook and they had gone through an adoption process. And she just said, she just said, Hey, we have some stuff we would like to bring to you. Or well, she said, we have just, they had not finalized the adoption of their second child. And we, she said, we have just had an adoption yard sale ourselves, and we have some stuff um, left over. We don't want to do another yard sale. We would love to get it off our hands and therefore bless you by bringing this stuff to you. Can, and we're like, sure, you know. 
And then, I, you know, we tried to get kind of an idea because we had already had <laughs> donations. This was like the very end of our yeah. window that we were accepting donations for. And so we ha- we were storing everything in a, we have a two and a half car garage on our, and where we live. And we were storing everything for the yard sale in that garage. And it was almost all the way full at that point. Um, and we're sitting here and um, we're not thinking anything about it. And here, here pulls up right in front of our house a man with a with a a heavy duty pickup truck and a car trailer, a enclosed car trailer, um, in tow. And that car trailer was full from front to back of stuff that they were giving us, and we were already almost out of room. Um, so, needless to say, by the time we got everything in the garage and in storage before we started sorting through things there was a path to walk from the front to the back of the garage and it was from floor to ceiling it it was i i've never seen that garage that full in my life and there was just so much stuff and by the time even by the time we sold a lot of stuff too how how much in total did we end up making off of that i knew you were gonna ask me that I don't remember it was, the amount. Was I want to say close to six thousand. Okay, because I was sitting there thinking like five, and and but and we even sent a trailer full of stuff off to auction, um, and and I mean there was golly, there was so much stuff. So that was we we um we that was one of the harder working fundraisers that we had to do. We sold T-shirts. I roasted coffee at Christmas. Um, I know you sold the full out of some earrings. Yeah. So that was. Um, more of like a side business slash fundraiser, but, um, I think that was probably the most successful, I mean, along with the yard sale, but, um, that was a a huge way that, um, women, uh, supported us by just buying the fool out of some earrings. I was, I was, they would get claimed before, as soon as I posted them. So it was very encouraging. And it's crazy to think, like, I, I think back to the, like, the second Saturday morning um, that we did the yard sale was really, really tough because I was, we were tired and it was just like, I, I, I was like ready to get all this stuff out of our, and I remember setting up the front yard thinking, like, knowing that we were doing this for our child and not knowing whether it was going to, we didn't know at the time whether it was going to be a boy or girl. Um, we didn't know what they were going to look like, you know, all of these things. I just remembered like we were doing it to become a family like, and that it blows my mind now how God works because now I look back at that moment and I have a face. I have, I have a face of my son and I think about like we were doing all of that for Maddox we were him hauling and selling stuff and breaking our backs. And I remember just this, the mounds of stuff that we had to go pick up. And it was all, all for a little, little boy that we have now. Um, and so heck yeah, it was totally worth it. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. It was totally worth it. Um, and that, that's a li- the, the fundraising side of it is a little bit of the challenges. And then we, we step on into, um, that was, you know, we we got a bulk of the fundraising done through those things of of selling um, earrings, coffee, t-shirts. We did some t-shirt selling. Um, we did yard sale stuff. 
We sold things on Facebook Marketplace. We sold, yeah. We, <laughs> we yeah. would walk around the house and just like <laughs> look for things that we were right. willing to sell. And I mean, we have a lot of junk that you just don't realize is just sitting around. Right. You know. But then one, one of the cool things too is that um, her father, he's been in ministry for a very long time. And, and one of those blessing areas that, that money came from, like... We, we would get checks from people that have ministries and they want to bless us and those things like that. And, and I remember we, um, we got to, let's see, what was it? November. We had been, we'd had the conversations. Our, our profile had been submitted to, um, you know, a couple of birth mothers and then November comes along and, um, I, I'm, I'm foggy on the dates, honestly, um, because we, you always kind of correct me when I say this, like, Hey, it was, it was, so it was, it was, was it right after Thanksgiving or was it the week of Thanksgiving? Cause I remember we had Wednesday night off because you know, I was overseeing student ministry at the time. Yeah. I don't remember to be honest. It was sometime in November. Sometime in November. Was that the first call that we had gotten from? Yes. Okay. Um, and so we, we get a call saying there's a birth mother in Georgia um, that, uh, is seeking a family. I guess that's how it goes. Um, I guess that how, Jimmy, you went through the whole process. You should know how it goes. Um, (laughs) but, um, and so we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do the interview call. Um, and I remember the interview call being very, um, I was very nervous, very nervous. Yeah. That was the first time we had actually gotten to be not interviewed, but like, Mm-hmm. speak to a potential birth mom yeah and, and at this point our our hopes had uh, there were there were a couple of situations and a couple of cases that that we had um gotten into and we thought like that was going to be the match and it and it you know just turned out that that's not what the lord had for us and so we were trying we were approaching this cautious and so we sit down and talk to the birth mother probably to be probably what about maybe 30, 45 minutes. Is that not even, not even. Yeah. And it was a good conversation. It, it was a lot like, Hey, you know, where are you, you know, where are y'all from? What area? What do you, cause the birth, uh, the birth mother and you know, if, if the birth father is involved, they, they get a uh, kind of a profile or a, a, a workup of, of who we are and a little bit of detail about us. Um, Some pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So she knew basic information, but they, um, you know, they have, they encouraged us with, you know, different things to share about yourself. They they prepared us well. Our attorney's office and the caseworker uh, with the agency prepared us very well for the conversation and just um, knowing how to how to navigate it and all of that. And so, um, yeah, I, it was just a, a pleasant. She's she's a sweet girl and. Um, just was shy and we, you know, we just tried to try to, um, ask if she had questions and we tried to tell her as, as much as, you know, we felt like sharing with her at the time. And I, I think, um, I think it's really cool. Um, the story that led up, you know, to her seeking adoption for Maddox. Um, tell them a little bit, about, talk a little bit about that. Well, she um, is a young, um, young mother of, um, and she was in a situation 
where um, she was unsure of who the father was and wanted to, you know, look into her options. And, you know, one of the things that she looked into, unfortunately, uh, was was to abort him and, and praise the Lord for Georgia Law. And, you know, she was she was too far along. And so um, then her her next option was to, you know, um, look into adoption, adopting um, her baby out. And so we just are are thankful for for that. Yeah. And, and that was um, that's kind of a gut punch when you get that information, too. It's just like, how how could we not? you know, how could we say no to this child at this point? Like, you know, it was kind of a, it was a God thing all the way around. Um, and it was really cool how the Lord worked through it all. Um, once we have the conversation, there, there was a secondary conversation that happened shortly after we, we got off the phone with the birth mom and and also our caseworker kind of oversaw or mediated the conversation. Um, and our, correct me if I'm wrong, the caseworker, after they got off the phone with us, the caseworker then communicates with the birth mother and says, thumbs up, thumbs down, that type right. of thing. Yeah. And it, it was, how quick was it? Uh, well, she told us on the phone that night that okay. she was, you know, in favor of it. But the official, yes, I think was uh, right after that call. Like you said, she she gets off the phone with all three of us. She calls the birth mom, says, how do you feel about it? Do you need time? And she, she was, she was, um, uh, in favor of it from the get go. And I remember we were sitting on the couch and when we got the call that, you know, it was an official match. We just like, we broke down. Yeah. We bawled. We, both, we, just prayed we both cried and, and prayed and, and praised the Lord. And, um, a dream was finally coming true after at the time it was eight years of marriage, seven years of marriage. Um, that we were becoming a family. We were already a family. I know. You and I, but, <laughs> but um, it was, uh, we were, we were, two were becoming three. And, and so um, it was really cool that Christmas we, um, we were able to tell our families. Um, oh, wait. We told them, um, we told our families separate, just about the adoption right. on a random weekend. Right. Uh, yeah. And then later on, we found out shortly after that, she found out right. um, the gender of, of the baby. And so we were able to surprise, you know, our family with that information with a an ornament that we gave. Yeah. And then we um, we officially announced it on Facebook after New Year's, I think. I'm right. I, I, I don't. That's where I'm. Yeah. It, that's where it gets crazy, because then then. Um, a lot of crazy things happen. And, and, and by the way, let's, you know, interject this. Um, I had spent eight years in student ministry, um, serving at two churches and, um, the, the local, um, chapter of FCA, uh, the area director, um, came into my office one day and he was talking to me about some odds and ends stuff. And he was like, uh, he mentioned to me that they, uh, were, looking for someone to fulfill an area representative position in the area that I administered in, in the last eight years of student ministry, seven years of student ministry, uh, six years of student ministry as I'm being corrected. Sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, and so 
I did not, um, you know, I, I just, I didn't say anything to McKenna about it, but it was one of those things where God just kind of continued to kind of work in the back of my mind. And, and I was, you know, I tried to push it aside because that's crazy talk, Jimmy. Um, because the big thing with, uh, the fellowship of Christian athletes and especially an area representative position in the area that I serve, we have to raise 100% of our support, AKA our salary. And so to it was kind of crazy talk. I was afraid. I don't want to say afraid. I was cautious to bring that up to my wife because, um, we, we were fundraising for our child too at the time. And so, um, when honestly we had, you know, you had shared that dream with me over the years and I, you know, unfortunately my response was always, right. well, I mean, you can't do that because we can't afford, like we can't afford for you to fundraise. But for some reason this time (laughs) when he, when he came and, and brought the conversation to me, I don't know why. I mean, I, I believe it was the Lord, but I was like, go for it. Yeah. She she asked me this question, and she, I mean, she basically told me, or I remember the statement that she she mentioned to me. She said, if you could wake up tomorrow and money not be the issue, would you, would you do it? Um, if you had kind of the same salary or whatever, and I said, absolutely, I'd do it. And... Um, that was kind of the um, the launching point for that and into the craziness that we went from um, fall of 2020 into the spring of 2021, the winter and spring of 2021, um, going through the process of, of fundraising for two, <laughs> two, two things. Who does that? <laughs> um, and it, it was crazy, but um, the Lord provided. And even, um, I think, one of the nights that stick out into my mind was was the night where um, we had a local pastor really step up and help us in a big way. And on top of that, just for for both of the areas um, that that of great need, and and he connected us with a charity out of Georgia, um, right? Charity out of Georgia that helped us kind of get a substantial grant for our um, adoption. And then um, he he helped get some things moving with uh, my fundraising with FCA as well, and it was just one of those things of of God just saying, "Hey, I've got this. I'm 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 providing for what you need." And so um, that was uh, that was an interesting um, <laughs> twist to the story. Yeah, there were moments along the along the way where, I mean, we were like to the hour, to the day, whatever. We felt like we were on the edge and like, okay, well, this is it. Like some, it's not feeling very defeated. Like something was not going to work out in different situations and and ways. And and each time the Lord just, not as quickly as we always wanted him to, but in his perfect timing and with our, you know, at times lack of faith, he just continued to show himself faithful, um, just to, to affirm our decision in both areas of our lives. And so, um, we just continued to, to walk one step at a time for each journey and praise the Lord along the way, you know, we, um, and it, 
and it was it wasn't easy, <laughs> as McKenna was saying. It, it definitely wasn't easy. And, and when we made the decision to, um, you know, officially pursue me going to work for FCA, we um, we started saving a lot. And I think this is one of the things that stuck out in my mind um, with with how you know I had to get to a certain amount raised. And FCA would come in and help me out, you know, and I'd start getting uh, a paycheck from the ministry as an employee of FCA. There's a lot of details there that um, are kind of personal, so I'm not going to talk about them. But um, one of the cool things was is that we, um, when we made the decision to pursue fundraising and pursue me going on board, uh, coming on board with FCA, we started saving. We started saving a lot into our, our savings account. And um, I, just one of the things that sticks out into my head uh, or in my mind um, was we we would essentially when it came time to um, pay our bills we would we would pay ourselves from our savings account in order to cover um, cover our bills. That was yeah that was specific to my maternity leave so yeah. that was one obstacle that we that's like post Maddox yeah but um, <laughs> sorry I'm getting ahead of the game here no um, it's okay it's part of the journey though yeah. but um, but we uh did not qualify because we were adopting and i was not having um a a biological child or giving birth um we did not qualify to for me to get paid um for my maternity leave and so i got the time off but we had to prepare for that during right. a time where he was fundraising right. for FCA. And so, and so, so what this is kind of, I'm kind of going like post us, post Maddox birth. Um, this was kind of in May when Maddox was born in March. But um, the cool thing about how God worked in the whole situation is I remember that when we um, paid ourselves for the last time, that um, it got our savings account right down to about $5. And, um, we were able to cover our bills and then literally like a day later, a day or two later, we get the phone call slash email that FCA was going to, um, that I was officially like past the, uh, you know, the point of, of, that I needed to be, um, to start being a salaried, um, uh, area representative with FCA. And so we were essentially getting a paycheck <laughs> from FCA. Um, so that was a huge blessing. So now kind of backing up back to January, um, we then once, you know, things started to kind of head that way and we knew that Maddox was, was uh, going to be born, you know, we late February, early March. Um, do you remember her due date? I, I don't. It was um, uh, March 26th, I believe. Okay. And, and so we we were like we're, we're not going to be caught off guard by this thing. And so we probably about mid February, this time like almost this time last year, we started. Uh, we we had a bag packed for each of us had a bag packed ready to go, and then you had some stuff for Maddox, you know, that we would need when we get got to the hospital. Um, and of course we were you know COVID and all this other stuff, and so we had to kind of think about that. Um, and so we sat for a month ready to go almost um and and ready to get out the door once we got the call the text or whatever that Maddox was on his way kind of kind of <laughs> we got a false alarm call ended up being false alarm spoiler alert but we got that and i remember going into a panic because i had just had my last 
uh, baby shower through work that day, I believe, or or that week. And so I called our friend Hope and, uh, we were kind of just freaking out over the phone telling them like, we might have to go, um, and just trying to get things together. And so she came over, bless her soul and was so sweet and patient with but she helped me to, um, Oh no, that was before my shower. Sorry. Okay. That was before my shower because what I had to do is I had not opened any of that stuff. And some of that I was going to need and or planning to use to take to the hospital. So all that to say, she helped me open all, all of those presents and take note of what they were for my tip for my thank yous and help me know what to pack, what not to pack and all that. And then it was a false alarm. (laughs) And, and so that kind of, that kind of was a sobering moment for us that we needed to tie up a couple of loose ends and really, really get ready. Um, cause Maddox was coming and, um, and, and from that point on, didn't she kind of still have contractions and labor pains up to the, up to the point that Maddox was born. Um, but I specifically remember, March 21st, which was a Sunday. And we had kind of gotten to a point where we were like, okay, we're, we're, we're ready. Um, and we had, um, just made a fire in the fire pit outside and we were just kind of, it was the last moment that I remember of us. Like it was just us and Watson. Watson's our dog. Um, and, um, we went to Walmart that night and got a couple of last, things that we needed for, right. for you know the hospital stay or just to be able to to go and and we we sat by the campfire eating buffalo chicken pizza mm-hmm. and um just talking about the reality of how much our life was about to change mm-hmm. um which was crazy because then um and if you hear anything in the background that's watson um that's our dog he heard his name and so now he's like oh you guys want to talk about me you want to in anyway um and so that was kind of our last moments as a family well not as a family as just two and literally we we you know get the fire out whatever and literally we go to bed and about three-ish that morning you get a text. 3.06 a.m. I'll 3.06 never forget that. 3.06 a.m. And the, what did the text say? Hey, I'm <laughs> in labor. Hey, I'm in labor. I'm going to go to the hospital. Right. And so we were we were like, this is it. And I, it took us less than an hour to shout. Well, for me to, for me to shower, for us to get into the car. And like, we were on the road in no time. Like it was, it was like 445, I think. 4.45, we were getting on 85 and heading to Georgia. And we were just, I remember it was very like sobering. We were like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is happening. This is really happening. He's he's being born. Um, and and I, I like telling this part of the story because um, there's been a lot of times in my life that I've crossed over the Georgia state line. Um I have a lot of friends from Georgia, but more importantly, McKenna, um, in our early dating years, both times, um, we, uh, she lived in Ackworth and then she also, uh, lived in Athens. And so there was a lot of time where I had to go to Georgia. And so crossing over the, the Hartwell bridge right there, you know, welcome to the peach state, that sign and all that. Um, there's a lot of times that that just kind of sticks out in my head. The, but this, this night, 
um, I will never forget where we were because um, Maddox, when he made the decision to, to, to come out, he didn't waste no time. And, and we were bare, we had barely gotten across the Georgia state line. We were at mile marker 170 and McKenna receives a text and just like the, Hey, I'm going into labor. It was, Hey, I just gave birth. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maddox is here. <laughs> and then I, I, I'm like, can you send us a picture? Like, right. I mean, it's kind of weird asking for right. that, I'm, but within like a minute. We get it. Yeah. We get a picture of Maddox and I remember like trying to drive with just crying alligator tears of just seeing my son for the first time. And that was, that was a moment that I never forget my marker 170. And, um, so we we were to the hospital probably, um, and we had to y'all. We had to go through Atlanta. We had to go through Atlanta to get where we were going, and um, we from Spartanburg to our destination, we were there in less than what three hours, three and a half, something like something that. like that. Uh, it just it was crazy, and 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 we had to. Um, we were worried about rush hour traffic and all that, and we got to. Um, the 285 interchange and it was just easy breezy all the way through Atlanta. Um, and we were the whole time, this is another thing I remember. We were the whole time we were uh, very concerned because there were very heavy COVID restrictions. We were told to be prepared that I may not get to hold, you know, the child and all that. So our attorney, yeah, he, he, we had lots of preparation calls with him and, and they were very, you know, thorough and great and everything. But one that was very, um, discouraging that we were kind of prepared for was, uh, because of COVID, they check with each hospital before the birth to see what the hospital policy is and all of that. So this, we were prepared for Jimmy may not be able to enter the building. Number one, if he is allowed to enter the building, he definitely will not. She can only have one person in the room with her and whoever she decides that's who it is. Um, and, um, you know, because of COVID, um, usually you can at least go and, and see the baby in the nursery then and all that, but you probably won't be able to do that. Your husband may not be able to meet your baby until he's discharged. Mm. So I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. Not only can he like, he's going to meet his child for the first time over FaceTime. Like that broke my heart. And then second of all, thinking about being a brand new mom in a hospital by yourself, by myself, if I was the person chosen, otherwise we were both going to be waiting in a hotel room. And the Lord <laughs> made a way yeah. and provided way above our expectations. Right. And we get we get to the hospital, and I was totally ready for them to kind of turn me away at the door. And we walk in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, going up to the maternity ward." So we're like, "Okay, well, they they've let us into into the hospital. There's no way they're going to put me in a waiting room. There's no way I'm going to get to go into the room." And and we get to the front desk or the desk in the maternity ward, and we're like. 
hey, we're we're the adoptive parents of of you know, and we gave the we're birth like, mother's hey, name. We're the McFarlands. Like we felt so awkward. <laughs> right. Like we're where's our baby? <laughs> and um, and I remember we're like you know masked up, you know, uh, binding co- protocol and all that other stuff. And they're like, oh yeah. He's right over here in this room. And they were like, we, we can, we said we can go in. They were like, yeah, absolutely. And we're like, okay, for sure. Okay. We're going to get to see him, hold him for a couple minutes, but we're going to have to go, you know, go to our hotel or get a hotel room and just kind of be back and forth for the next couple of days in the hospital. But <laughs> we walk in and it's, she's there and the baby's there and just hanging out. And we're just like, we, you know, we have our, our moment and we, we get to hold him for the first time and, and we're asking her how she is and all that. And, and the nurse comes in in a little bit to check on everybody and, you know, we introduce ourselves and everything. And she says, well, um, we're getting your room ready and we'll, I'll come and get you in just a little bit. And we're like, what? Excuse me. Yeah. And I was like, we can stay. And she said, oh yeah, you'll, you'll be right next door. And so you'll be able to wheel him over. And, and we're just like, our jaws were, I don't even yeah. want to know what our faces looked like we're when shocked. she told us that. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, we went from one extreme to the other where we were going to be able to be with him every second mm-hmm. And have him there with us from then on. Feed him, do do change, you know, they walked us through the whole process of how to change diaper and all this other stuff. And, and thus the beginning of our restless nights started. Um, But, you know, that, the thing that sticks out in my mind is that when we opened that door and he was just, he was resting, yes, but he was swaddled up and just laying there and and you may be able to correct me here, but I felt like there was a lot, there was, he was a good, he was at the foot of birth mom's bed. Like, but it was almost like there was, she was already trying to put some distance between he and, and her. And I was just like, my heart broke Mm -hmm. and watching you pick up your son for the first time. It was like, Everything that we had gone through, all of the fundraising, all the ups and downs, all the not knowing if this is, you know, we're going to be able to make this happen, everything. And God just, the, the, in that moment, it opened my eyes to how great God's love for us actually is. And when I held my son for the first time, and I know you hear a lot of fathers talk about this and you, you hear about, you know, all of this other stuff, but like I grasp the glory of the gospel from a completely different perspective that I had not seen with my own two eyes until that point. Um, that a, the one true living God loves me so much and wants to have and wanted to reconcile us as sinful human beings back to him so much that he took on flesh and, and handled that. Like in holding my son Maddox, it was just the weight of the truth of the gospel set in on me, but also the weight of I'm a father now. (laughs) And, And for several, I remember for several 
several times, like it would get real quiet in the, the hospital room and we, I would just go, McKenna, we're responsible for him now. Like we're parents. <laughs> that that thing over there in the, that, that thing, that little boy over there in, in the bassinet crying. He comes with us. He comes with us. We don't, we don't just, you know, whatever he's, he's ours now. Um, and that, that, that was a huge perspective shift too. So, um, it, here we are, uh, I, you know, and so we, I mean, like the, the this story is so cool. Uh, you know, we were there hospital f- three or four days and we got, um, you know, we got everything settled to where we could, uh, two days we were there two days. Sorry. And we got everything settled. Um, I'm trying to kind of s- speed up through the story, but the, the cool thing about it was, is we, we had, um, friends and family from Athens, that loved us so much. They had a, um, a, basically a second house in their basement (laughs) that they opened up to us. And we were able, um, because we could not until, um, paperwork process, we couldn't bring back, uh, Maddox back across state lines. And we were able to stay there and get the hang of things. And, um, it just be us three and friends and family visited during that time. And it was just a sweet, sweet time. Um, and the, the family that hosted us was like, they, they invited us up for dinner every night. Like it was just, it was really a situation that was just too good to be true. Yeah, it was such a blessing. We were exhausted <laughs> and they were so sweet to just really just spoil us during that time and yeah. make sure that our needs were met. And um, yeah, we couldn't have asked for it better. And it was really cool because from my side, um, the the gentleman and his wife that, that uh, welcomed us, I always joked and like if I could ever show McKenna um, the the personality of my father, um, it was this guy, this gentleman, very much so. And and it was just cool to see him hold my son. Um, and then his wife basically was like treated him like a grandchild mm-hmm. for that time. And and it was just um, once again, just like McKenna said, it was such a blessing. And then, you know, finally we get the clearance to come home. A week later. A week later. Um, and we bring him here. Um, and he and Watson have been best buddies ever since. I'm, you know, I'm trying to like, I know I'm speeding through all this, but yeah. um, really kind of the thing that, that was the next hurdle to clear was um, the the official court date. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was that was the big thing of getting everything. We had to do a second uh, home study checkup after we after the placement and all that to finalize, you know, court date stuff. And the day of of, of our court hearing, um, it went very smoothly. Of course, when you go into a a you know situation like that, you have to be very by protocol and all the you know the things and. Um, you know, they were still under COVID, you know, protocol and my mask kind of drooped down as I was on the stand a couple of times. And I was, I thought our judge, <laughs> I thought our judge was going to throw out our case because I wouldn't pull my mask. Well, I would talk and the mask would just come up and it was just anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, finalized on August 26th, August 26th. And the awesome thing about that is we had not been able to post pictures or anything like that on Facebook. And it was just killing. It was just like we wanted to share with the world our little boy. And we we get it. The adoption's finalized. And then we um, we get to go on vacation for a week. And so we get to post everything on Facebook. <laughs> that was perfect timing. We go. We 
have our son. He is officially ours, and we go to our favorite place in the whole world. Right. Well, one of our favorite places in the whole world. Pensacola, Florida. With him and with my parents, and we get to share it with the world. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was really cool. Um, we, uh, we, and that's kind of, I mean, we're now, um, we're approaching a year from from the beginning of all that and we're now sitting here planning our his first birthday party which i, I think we're gonna we're doing dinosaurs yeah dinosaur kind of theme and so um he's he's yesterday he's been pulling up on stuff he's eating simple foods and he's already got three teeth and i think we may have a fourth coming in <laughs> um and so all the 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 parenting things and we we um we we're loving every minute of it um and so I, I would i guess kind of to put a bow on this story i would say um don't let fear if you're thinking about adoption right now don't let fear of of the what ifs stop you from at least asking questions and maybe talking to a couple about some of the challenges um because Praise the Lord. We Chris and Hope helped us through so much because they adopted two people. Two people. Um, they adopted. <laughs> they are people. <laughs> they are people. Yes. Good job, Jimmy. Um, they adopted two um, uh, Sadie and Elijah, and they um, they helped us all the way through this process, and um, it actually brought us closer um, as friends. Um, but it was, it was really, really awesome, especially in the crazy climate that was 2020 and 2021 and all the fear and all that. Oh, by the way, we adopted a kid and, and it was only by the grace and glory of God that it was only a God thing. There was like, Jimmy didn't do it. McKenna didn't do it. God did it. Um, and that's the cool thing that we can tell Maddox's story now, um, about, you know, everything that's, that is who he is and that how God had his hand on Maddox, you know, from the beginning. And he's now officially a McFarlane. Um, and that's really, really, really cool. And I'm thankful for that. Um, so that, that kind of wraps things up with, with our, um, this podcast, I guess, I I guess, is there anything else you kind of want to throw in, maybe add in? Well, you were sharing kind of, um, like wisdom or, or your yeah. advice uh, for potential adoptive parents. But I would just say my biggest, um, uh, I guess, anxiety before we went into everything was how do I even go about like knowing what agency to go through or like what avenue to, to pursue. And, and I would just say through it all, like, I really believe, and this may be too too vague of an answer, but I really believe that God w- will direct your steps and make it so clear. Um, and knowing that um, though our our story looked one way, like every every adoption story is different. Just like you know, every. Um, um, parenthood story is different or you know pregnancy or whatever but every adoptive story is is unique and special in its own way and so just um really seeking the lord and asking him to truly guide your steps and i do believe that he uses those around you that you know to 
to give that wisdom and 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 to bring suggestions to the table mm-hmm. and, and experience to the table of who they have used and all of that. So, um, but uh, if anybody you know is ever thinking of going through the process and they have questions or need someone to talk to along the way, like we are definitely always open to have those conversations. Absolutely. And we, what we'll do is we will attach all the links, um, especially to our attorney that we used for our adoption. Um, and also, um, FCA links too, if you'd like to be a part of the ministry with FCA and uh, be on the uh, support team uh, to minister to coaches and athletes in districts two, three, and seven here in Spartanburg County. Um, that'll all be attached to all this as well. Um, and if you want to talk to us about either with FCA adoption, or um, if you'd like to be a part of the Table Podcast and you feel like you you know want to talk about sharing maybe your story, maybe coming to the table and having a seat and and less having a similar com- conversation like we did today um, with my wife. Um, and I want to stop just for a second and want to say thank you for putting up with me for eight years of marriage. We're about to celebrate nine years of marriage in August. Um, and we, um, when the Lord allows us to do it again, um, not the marriage, the adoption, we're going to, we're going to go down that road again when we're ready. Um, it's not a question of if, but when I believe for both of us, we've had that conversation. Um, I'm not putting her on the spot right now. We've had this conversation kind of. Um, you know, uh, previously, but, um, if, if you want to sit down and have a conversation with us about adoption, if you and, uh, your spouse are, are, are hesitating or got questions or whatever, we would, we're an open book and we'd love to, um, uh, encourage you in any way that we can. So, um, check out the links that we've got attached, um, and we'll be posting them with the podcast, um, and also in the details of the podcast, um, even even if you want to pursue um, foster adoption, do that. Um, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Do um, do it all. Go after it. Don't let uh, don't let fear stop you from adopting. Um, it's it's one of the greatest things that I've ever done. Um, but also, um, uh, you know, be looking for uh, other other podcasts coming out with, from the table. Um, we've got a lot of other cool things that we're going to be bringing your way. And uh, I would like to thank you for being my first guest. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, so thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for sitting down at the table. Um, and we look forward to seeing you in the next few weeks. Be looking for our next episode coming out very, very shortly after this one. Um, and thanks for listening.